0: to week 109 of the Two Guys into Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis.
1: That over there is Steven.
0: That's me over here. And, That's uh, you. yeah, here. Uh, we're a TGIF podcast. We talk about all the shows that air exactly 30 years after they air. And, uh, this week we've got a full run of new episodes. But before we get into that, uh, get the other things out of the way. Uh, thanks to Mikey Ruckus for the theme song this week.
1: Mikey Russ. Rah. God. How do I get his name wrong? He's like, I don't know. Mikey Ruckus. That's a classic. He's one of our favorites.
0: I have to say uh, congratulations to him for hitting number one on the uh, iTunes metal charts, too. What? Yeah. Pretty Good crazy. Good job,
1: Mikey Ruckus. With the, uh,
0: the Adam Cole AEW theme, number one.
1: Woo for him
0: yeah um also make sure you're following us on all social media at tgifcast you can shoot us emails tgifcast at gmail.com and if you've got a a computer which most people have or even a phone uh, go to youtube and search two guys into fridays and you can find all of our uh, videos up there
1: and if you don't have either of those just go to a friend's house that has those
0: or like a library might work
1: library any anywhere that has a computer go and watch our videos. Yeah, and if you
0: don't have an email address, go ahead and make one of those, um, and then you can subscribe to us on YouTube as well.
1: It's a slippery slope, though, folks. Be careful.
0: It's the way to do it. Um, we'd like to go back and see what was going on in the world 30 years ago this week, and uh, I got a couple stories. Um, October 12th was the uh, famous... In- I don't know if it's that famous, but uh, the wrestler crush, demolition crush, injured Rip Oliver with a full Nelson, ending his career. He retired the next day.
1: You know, I'm a big wrestling fan. You're a big wrestling fan. But I'm going to go out on a branch and say not well-known or famous situation.
0: Crush is famous. Um, He injured. I don't even know who Rip Oliver is. (laughs) But uh, it was enough. Does
1: does Crush fall into... So he's from Demolition. Okay, never mind. That's fair. I was going to say, would he fall into the 100 top wrestlers of all time? Probably not. No? Probably not. Not even, what about demolition as a tag team? Top, top 100 tag teams of all time? hundred percent. No. no? hundred percent. Top 100 wrestlers that can be either tag teams or individuals. Probably not. Probably not. I think they would.
0: I can make that as list. A ta- as a tag team. I'll make that list and work on it for next week. Okay. Uh, October 17th. Uh, I think we both like these guys. Uh, the Blue Man Group made their first sure. ever New York City performance.
1: I've seen them in New York. I saw them at uh, Mercury Theater off-Broadway. And they've probably
0: done 800,000 since then.
1: Probably. It's an excellent show.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about movies and music? What's the number one this week?
1: Yeah, so just to give a little context, too, this, would have, this week's episodes would have aired October 18th, 1991. Um, this movie's still the same. It's the last week of uh, Fisher King at number one, so we'll have a new movie next week. Okay. The new song, another Mariah Carey sit, hit, uh, Emotions. Uh. So that is, I believe, her fifth number one single in a row fifth yeah cons- fifth consecutive number one song in the united states it's impressive i mean it is i mean she's mariah carey then she owned the night especially the early 90s i mean she kind of waned a little bit towards the end there but like she was she dominated the early 90s
0: yeah for sure any birthdays yeah. this week
1: two birthdays we've got miss joanne willett who we all remember as connie from just the 10 of us she had her birthday on the 12th so happy birthday joanne uh thanks for joining us again on our reunion episode and then melanie wilson who is jennifer on perfect strangers her birthday was yesterday october 14th so happy Uh, birthday melanie happy birthday both of you yep that's what we got those are the those are the birthdays cool
0: so let's get into it this is the eight o'clock slot family matters season hopefully i got these right three episode five the name of the episode is daddy's little girl you got it. Uh, we do get a little Urkel intro where he comes in and he's uh, ready to go, it looks like. He's got like um, beach gear on and he's dancing, singing, yeah. Um, I don't remember what song it was, but uh, the important thing Bust is... Bust a Move. He oh. was
1: singing Bust a Move.
0: Okay. Uh, Carl's asleep on the couch and Steve's like trying to wake him up, but having no luck. But he goes around to the back of the couch, goes in the closet. Gets an air horn. I thought he was going to sleep through the air horn. Blows the air horn. Wakes him up. Um, Carl jumps up. Uh, tells Steve to go home. But uh, Steve needs a favor. So we're getting right into the episode. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, real quick. I, and this is totally non non important, but I'm gonna bring it up anyways. So when they when Carl woke up and him and Urkel looked at each other, they did a move. They did it. They both did the same thing. Okay. Did it. Re, did it remind you of anything like currently in pop culture? Ooh, I don't know. So they both did. Perfect takes on that dude who's like, like, kind of debunks all the life hacks and does the like hands in the air thing. You know, they're like, what? Like, you know who I'm talking about? Nope. Like the African dude who's on TikTok. Nope. You know who I'm talking. Every everyone else knows who I'm talking about. The guy who does who he'll like watch a life hack and be like, here's the way to actually like just do that as opposed to having to do all this work that the life hack suggests. And then he does like a thing. He does the thing with his hands. Everyone else knows exactly. Can see me in their minds and is exactly what I think
0: your about. wife's TikTok feed is different than my wife's TikTok feed is different <laughs> than my TikTok feed and I have no idea what you're talking about
1: this guy is like beyond TikTok he is, he's one of like the most viral got people in in the world I mean I believe you I just haven't I have no idea what you're talking about anyways the, he, he he got this move from them from okay. the scene
0: specifically uh, Urkel needs a favor and uh we find out that Steve's parents uh, were supposed to take him on a trip to Hawaii they left for the airport without him Sounds like Home Alone, and uh,
1: he's gonna have to sp- intentional. We we know that they left him intentionally, right?
0: Yeah, um, they're gonna. Fin- Steve's gonna be spending the next two weeks with uh, Carl, but Carl says, "Well, we can get you to the airport." He jumps up, throws him on his back, runs out the <laughs> door, and says, "We're getting you there."
1: Of course, he is. And this whole storyline just was made no sense at all. But
0: and I think I was thinking about Home Alone because the trailer for the new one came out today.
1: There's another new Home Alone. Uh,
0: unfortunately.
1: Was it the sixth one, the fifth one?
0: I don't know. It doesn't something look very like, good. But hey, something like who knows? that. Maybe he'll, I'll still watch it. All right. All right. So, after the break. Yeah, after the theme, uh, we come back to uh, Carl and a new character named Mike Forbes. Mike Forbes is uh, Carl's like little protege, helper. I mean, I guess he's new to the force, right?
1: Yeah, he's his new partner. He just got out. Of, they they'd say it. They, he's, he just got out of the Academy, and he's been assigned to Carl. He is carl's new partner
0: and of course as he should be mike is sucking up like everything that carl does is like perfect and he's like there for anything carl needs pretty much
1: but and also carl is very much taking advantage of the fact that this kid doesn't know how to challenge him so he's like i the all my accommodations here's all the great things i've done because this this guy has no idea he doesn't know any better
0: yeah and they've got a little conversation going back and forth and during this time yeah. uh laura and maxine come home and uh it looks like they just got back home from shopping and uh, the girls are, like, instantly head over heels in love with uh, with Mike Forbes, and especially Laura.
1: I would say Laura. It's much like the episode a couple weeks ago where um, they had, you know, the, the kid who who climbed the rope and where Maxine couldn't talk to him. No Wait, that was, I'm thinking of the one from last week with Romeo and Juliet, where Maxine couldn't talk to the guy who was Romeo, but, but uh, oh, yeah, Laura yeah. was able to. And this is the reverse where Maxine really has no issues with Mike, but Laura is speechless. Can't say a word.
0: Yep. Can barely talk. So from here we jump uh, to Hawaii. I guess Steve Urkel made it. We're on the beach. Um, Steve's in a sweet like swimsuit that has suspenders on it, and uh, he's trying to talk to the first girls that he sees. They just leave their spot on the beach. They want nothing to do with him. We well, ask if they
1: can rub the suntan lotion on him. Of course they're gonna leave. You, I mean you never know. Um, most guys are gonna leave.
0: He, uh, most girls, right?
1: Most they're gonna leave. If, if most guys were to approach them, the first thing they say was, can you help me with suntan lotion? I don't know.
0: I've had a lot of luck with that in my life, actually. All well,
1: right, good. Okay, good then.
0: So Steve Urkel rolls out his towel. Of course, he's got a big picture of Laura Winslow on the entire beach towel. <laughs> he breaks out his boombox, which uh, is right goes into the polka music. Um, polka. Yep. He starts dancing to some polka right on the beach. Um, and then he... What does he do here? Some, he, oh. calls Chicago, right? he calls he Chicago back. He calls Chicago Puts on some Luau music. That's what I wrote down.
1: Then, yeah, yeah. And then, then he, like he pulls out like a mini,
0: yeah, a mini satellite dish. He's got a cell phone and he's trying to call the uh, Winslow house. And the phone rings. Um, Laura and Eddie start fighting over who's going to answer the phone. And uh, Eddie is the one that answers it and finds out that Steve Urkel is on the other line. And um, Well,. This scene is,
1: I think, a lot better than you just laid out. So what happens is they start fighting over the phone because they both think it, think it is for them, and then they kind of pick it up together at the same time and hear Urkel's voice, and they both drop the phone, and then Eddie picks it back up to to talk to to Laura or Urkel.
0: <laughs> yeah, and pretty much Urkel's just like, I really need to talk to Laura, and uh, he Eddie gives it over, to her. she takes it, not really wanting to take it, but she does, and he tells her that don't worry, he's been faithful this entire time. He's been in Hawaii. Um, there's some small talk, and then she just ends up hanging up the phone on him.
1: Well, he he also tells her that he's being pursued by Kaliki. Oh, that's right. Which is Hawaiian for the the one who blocks the sun, or something like that. I wrote uh, woman who
0: blocks the sun, but it could
1: have just sure. been woman, woman who one. blocks the sun. Yeah, woman who blocks the sun. And uh, he's he's been doing his his best to avoid her. And as so, Laura hangs up on him. And as Laura hangs up on Urkel, a shadow starts to come over him, and it is it is Kaliki.
0: Yeah. So I'm assuming she'll come back into play later on, but we'll see. So after this, we go to Rachel and Harriet. They have gotten home from exercising. Of course, uh, Rachel looks like she could go run another mile and Harriet is out of breath at this point. Yep. And, uh, Laura comes in after they get home and uh, wants to talk to her mom and, She's looking for some guy advice. She tells uh, her mom that there's a guy that she kind of wants to get his attention and tries to find out what to do. And Harriet is like, well, you just have to uh, act yourself and uh, eventually the guy will come around to you. And Rachel's just like, "Eh, (laughs) that's not what you need to do. So now she gets the advice from Rachel, whose advice is completely different than Harriet's, right?
1: yeah it's like wear perfume talk like talk sexy you know make make him want you basically seduce the guy
0: she says um all men are like fish if you want to catch one you need to put some bait on the hook is what she
1: does that's it yeah that's the advice
0: so we go a little later to uh carl and mike they both get home from a a day at work i guess and carl leaves mike in the living room when he goes out to do something and while this is going on laura comes downstairs um, in full Rachel approved gear. It seems like well, I like
1: evening dress. Yeah, talking all like sultry to Mike. Like, She's like, like posing on behaviors. the stairs, yeah.
0: all kinds of stuff. She's just trying to uh, get Mike's attention, and Mike is. uh I guess he's ignoring it, but just not interested. I mean, he's an older guy. I don't know how old he is. Like maybe a few years at least older than uh Ray, than Laura at this point, right?
1: Well, I mean, he's an adult, and Laura's in high school, so yeah, there's that old enough it. that yeah. it ma- that it matters. <laughs> so um. Yeah,
0: she's trying harder than she possibly could. And then Harriet and Rachel come back in. They're shocked to see Laura in her get up that she's in, but they try to like help her. And eventually they leave out of the room or try to leave out of the room, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're being kind of as supportive as they can in the situation and not being totally kind of adult about it. Um, And as they start to go back in the kitchen, Carl comes into the room and that's kind of when things change.
0: Yeah, because Carl just pretty much just starts laughing at Laura. He doesn't know what's going Mm -hmm. on. He doesn't know that she's interested in this uh, Mike guy. And uh, he's just laughing at the outfit and the posing and the perfume and everything. And this does not sit with Laura who uh, starts to cry and immediately runs upstairs.
1: Yeah, she's, she's totally embarrassed by the fact that he just laughs her out of the room.
0: Um and then before this scene ends the phone rings. Um, it's Steve Urkel. Um, I forget. I don't remember who he's talking to. Is he talking to Carl? He's talking or to Rachel at this point. To Rachel. Yep. Um, we find out that Kaliki has buried him in the sand and he needs help <laughs> because the tide's coming in and we can see the crabs are coming by as well.
1: Yeah, just his head sticking out of the sand. So, it sucks to be him right now. I'm not sure how he dialed the phone. That was my question: is how no. did he dial the phone, given his situation? But.
0: 1991 probably um, voice recognition at this point
1: no way no <laughs> not at all no i'm the only thing i mean i'm guessing he used his nose somehow or he was like kaliki before you go can you just dial my my friend so i can at least try to get out of here
0: so after this we go to laura she's crying at her desk in front of the mirror in her room and uh carl comes in and he apologizes he um says that she he didn't know that she had a crush and uh he does reveal the news that uh, Mike is actually engaged as well at this point. And uh, this kind of, I guess, eases Laura a little bit,
1: right? Yeah, he's kind of, I think the intent of him here and what, what ends up happening is that he's kind of trying to talk her down off this, like, ledge that Rachel has helped her get herself up on. Like, you're still kind of trying to reiterate the fact that Michael, Mike is an adult, Laura is still a child, and there's there's a difference there.
0: Yeah, and uh, Carl starts telling this story, which I feel like is the key important part of this uh, yeah, entire absolutely. episode, maybe, where uh, Carl pulls out Humphrey Beargard,
1: Humphrey Beargard, or was it possibly Mr. Mr. Bear? bear?
0: Yeah, so we have the crossover now. This is the first time we've seen it in Family Matters, right?
1: Uh, we uh, Yes, it is.
0: Laura and Stephanie both have the same toy bear.
1: Same toy bear, Mr. Bear and Humphrey Beargard. I don't kind know if of it like comes back. I'm I'm better. interested to
0: see if this ever happens on any other shows. I don't I don't remember it.
1: You mean if it's gonna be like in Step by Step yeah. or like Boy Meets World has sure. a has a bear? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I doubt it, but we'll see.
0: But it was uh, really Carl's just trying to tell Laura's story about like back when he won the bear and stuff, and how he remembers her as a kid, and now she's growing up, and he has to realize that uh, things are changing, and uh, he has to be there to uh, be there for those changes, right?
1: Yeah, but also at the same time, it is still kind of reiterating the fact that she's still growing up and is not a grown up yet. So, I think there's a little bit of both sides here.
0: So the two of them hug, and that's kind of the end of that scene. Uh, could have wrapped up the whole episode that right there, probably. But uh, should have. We then we then go to uh, Carl and Harriet asleep in their bedroom. Um, Steve Urkel comes in through the door, and he has just gotten back from Hawaii. It's one thirty-two in the morning. And he just wanted to bring them some souvenirs which are hand carved coconuts and that's it it wasn't even funny
1: so here's the thing (laughs) about this that annoys me is that you know the the first season was largely based on the family they brought in urkel people liked urkel so they kept you know they really started building the show around urkel there's you read back the history of, of family matters and there's a lot of kind of complaints from some of the cast members on urkel being the highlight of the show and not the family but, and this is a perfect example of this urkel's storyline in this show had nothing to do with the show not even a little bit not even tangentially yeah. or or thematically it was just thrown in here and it was thrown in here because they wanted to have urkel in the show because they didn't think the family could carry it oh. the family totally could have carried yeah. this episode and like this at the end was just pigeonholing him in with no purpose i mean, it wasn't even a funny joke it was just him showing up with like hand-carved coconuts in the middle of the night <laughs> Like, who cares?
0: So they're just cramming them in to cram them in because the cram they feel in. like yeah. they need to do it at this point.
1: They do. And that's uh, that's disappointing. Like, the show is good. And it's 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 a great show on its own. You don't need to, like, force these, like, Urkel moments just to yeah, no, force them.
0: It was definitely forced. Um, yeah. Yep. So now we go to uh, 830 Step by Step, Season 1, Episode 5. The name of the episode is Frank and Son. Um, after the theme, we go to uh, JT in the kitchen, and he's already back to the chocolate milk. I I couldn't remember how often this happens, but it's already what two? Is this two episodes in a row or one in between? I, I think it like
1: one in between, but yeah, I mean it's pretty quick. I, I was surprised at how fast they were—they're already redoing it.
0: So yeah, he pours the milk, pours the chocolate sauce in his mouth, shakes his head, and this time it's in front of Dana, who's just like not disgusted, but just like, what are you doing, stupid? And then she asks him,
1: like, does that is that good? Does that actually work? And he's like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, Karen comes in at this point too and we find out she has a problem Um, the school dance is coming up and JT's like what no one asked you and she's like no everyone asked me and I don't know what to do and Dana's like, I got an idea. Go upstairs. And then she does go upstairs. And that kind of ends that whole situation for the whole and we episode, never see think, We
1: right? never see Karen again the rest of the episode.
0: Yeah. So then Al gets home. Um, she has uh, rented the VHS of Tom Sawyer from like, wherever, video store or whatever, Blockbuster. Library whatever. She's got to do a book report on it. She's just going to watch the video. Good move by Al. But uh, Dana's like, uh, what are you doing? You need to read the book kind of
1: thing. The other thing we have found out here, too, that you didn't mention is that uh, Dana is studying, I guess, studying or planning on how to build a a birdhouse for her school assignment. So she has the school assignment of building a birdhouse. Al has a school assignment of a book report on Tom Sawyer.
0: What could happen?
1: I don't know
0: so a little later we go to uh Frank and Carol um probably some making out here I'm guessing but uh he tells Carol that he wants to go to bed early and sleep late which uh there you go we're already at creepy Frank for the episode
1: so I'm gonna I'm gonna start challenging your creepy Frank I okay creepy Frank was a was understandable at the beginning of this when we, we find out like he followed her to Jamaica that was whole kind of like stalkerish but now they're married I mean they're into this relationship I think that he is just the
0: only thing he ever asked asks or tells Carol is like, hey, let's make out, let's go have sex in the bedroom now. Understood.
1: Not arguing with that. But you're saying it's not creepy. I don't think it's creepy because I think that they're established enough in the relationship where that kind of thing is, you know, whatever, normal or okay. I mean, they were married when we first met the two characters. But it was still a weird part of the marriage. Like they were still debating whether they should be married. We found out that he stalked her and that's how this whole thing happened. Do you want me to start calling
0: him Horny Frank? Because I mean... I think that's more accurate. All right, Horny Frank is there and uh, she says that she wants a bath and he's like, Oh yeah. And he's, she's like alone. And then he's like, all right. So, um, then JT comes in, he yep. needs, he needs 20 bucks and, uh, Frank's like, I just gave you money yesterday for your allowance. Uh, maybe it's time for you to get a job and uh, maybe you can actually come get a job with me doing construction.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a decent idea. It's a good idea. He's in high school or middle school. It's hard to tell. I, I don't know. All right. Um, I'm not sure.
0: So we go to the next morning, I'm assuming, and uh, JT's going to go to work with Frank. Like, it's been yep. decided. Frank uh, has bought him a tool belt with a bunch of tools, which are too heavy for him to even hold. He's, like, falling over. Got it's him like a hard hat. Away. I think his name's on the hard hat, too, right?
1: Oh, uh, maybe.
0: Something. I don't remember if it said, like, Lambert or if it said JT. Well,
1: Frank's Frank's hard hat has the logo for his company on it, and I, I was a little so disappointed that it was. JT's in as well, but...
0: Um, so yeah, got him a hard hat, got him a tool, bat, uh, tool belt, and uh, they go out the door, go to work. Um, Off to work. JT falls over out the door as he's trying to get out.
1: Yeah, it's kind of over, I don't know, I didn't really care for that whole bit. But, I remember like, um, whatever
0: c- uh, Carol being there too, but I don't remember what she said.
1: She was just making breakfast. She was kind of milling around, making breakfast. Frank was just talking to her and JT about how proud he was of JT and giving him the gifts that he, he bought him.
0: Okay. So then we go to uh, Dana, outside or inside? I can't remember. Outside.
1: She's outside, outside the
0: on room. the table outside, uh, working on the birdhouse. Uh, Al comes home, she covers it real fast, <laughs> and uh, she says that she, well, Al comes over and like wants to see the birdhouse. She uncovers it, and it's a disaster, right? The hole's yeah, over to one side, bad. it's crooked, like the roof's pretty not even bad. on. And Al's like, I, I built a better birdhouse than this when I was in second grade. And then this gives them both an idea. Um, It appears that um, both of them are going to do the other one's assignment. Uh, Dana's going to write this book report. Al's going to make a birdhouse, and everything's going to be okay. Easy peasy. Uh, We then go to the job site. Um, Frank is, uh, I guess, getting a little discouraged because JT's really not fitting in already, and he tells him to uh, go cut this board over here. He ends up cutting right through (laughs) the power cord of the saw, so he can't do that. Then he's like, all right, let's just go put up some drywall. So they put up the drywall. Um, he starts a the nail. Wall. Yeah, starts the nail. JT goes over, hits it with a hammer, hits the hammer through the wall, and Frank's like, uh, all right, well, at least yeah. you can pull some loose nails. Like, walk around the what? job site, take this hammer, pull out some loose nails.
1: And the whole time, JT is just complaining about how this is boring, he doesn't like it, it's not what he wants to do, he's just kind of there.
0: So he does go start pulling some nails, though. He gets some off this board and some off this board. And then he goes for this, like, diagonal board that looks like a support board. He pulls out the nail and the entire wall behind Frank falls down with uh, Frank sitting in the middle of this room and like the window landing around Frank, pretty much inches from killing Frank.
1: Yeah, I didn't think this was as big a deal as they made it. I mean, it was one board holding this whole frame up. Seems like all you need to do is put the frame back up, nail the board back, and you're good to go. It didn't really seem like this was a huge detriment to uh, what was going on.
0: I mean, some of the wall got messed up too. Did it? Yeah. But I mean, mm. it, it probably wasn't easy.
1: I think the piece of wall that fell off was the same wall that already had a hole in it. So that had to be replaced anyways or patched over.
0: All right, so... It didn't seem like a big deal. So then we go to Carol. Um, she's in the salon and she's really busy. She's like running around between customers, yep. like trying to get the curlers turned off and wa- hair wash and stuff like that. And while she's all running around, uh, JT comes in and uh, she's like, She's already used everyone else for help. And now she's like, JT, can you help out? Can you go shampoo Janet's hair? And he's like, not into it at all. But then Janet walks out. She turns out to be super hot. JT's like, oh, yeah, I'll go wash Janet's hair. I'll wash your hair. So he goes off and does that.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is where I'm starting to remember this episode. Like this is where I'm like, oh, yeah, kind of this is coming back to me a little bit.
0: He came in. I thought it was weird that he came into the salon kind of already dressed like he was going to be working in that salon, too.
1: I mean, he was just wearing black clothes. I don't think is that that weird.
0: So skip ahead. Uh, JT is uh, finishing up watching uh, another girl's uh, hair, Rachel. He gets a tip from her. And apparently, he has made more tips than Carol has the entire day. And from Penny, who didn't even know that they were supposed to get tips, she's never gotten <laughs> right. a tip the whole time. It works; she's worked there, I guess. This is
1: all new to him, or new to everybody in the shop that he that people are making money from tips.
0: Yeah, I mean, they keep saying all these uh, women keep saying that JT has the magic fingers, and magic they fingers. all they all want him to wash her hair and. uh Carol asks JT if he could be possibly there every Saturday to work out. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I like the money. It's uh, pretty easy. I'll get to wash all these women's hair and uh, I might as well do it. So, uh, that's set. Frank comes in to apologize to JT and wants JT to come back, uh, to the construction site next Saturday to, uh, work again. But JT tells him, well, I already have a job. And, uh, this is where Frank gets upset because he now found out that, uh, his son JT is going to be working in the salon rather than at the construction site with his dad.
1: Yeah. And so Carol and him start having this conversation in the kitchen where they're, you know, where Frank says, I don't want him working in, this, or I don't like that he's working in the salon because he's a boy and it's not something a boy should be doing. And he also was really had this kind of dream of it being Foster's and or Lambert, Foster, Lambert, Frank's and son. And son. Was it Frank and Son is what they wanted to call it? I mean, it? that's the
0: name of the episode, so that's what I'm assuming.
1: No, but I think the name of the that business is actually like Lambert and Son is what he wanted I think to call
0: it, it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever.
1: What doesn't matter. matter. He, wanted, he wanted his kid to follow in his footsteps, um, and now he's worried that that is not going to happen because JT is making the money from the salon.
0: Yeah, and Carol, during this whole point of Frank trying to say that he needs to do a manly job is pretty much calling Frank sexist. I think she says that straight out. And uh, Frank still doesn't think it's okay, though. He doesn't want her, uh, him working there. And, yeah, I did right here. Lambert and Son is uh, what his Lambert dream son. was. And uh, he wants JT to be working beside him. And Carol asks uh, if he's okay. He says he is. He's fine. And uh, what I, I, I wrote down, he says he is fine, but he could be finer. Oh, because he's being horny Frank again. That's why. Horny Frank, there you go. He's like, uh, I, I'm I, fine, but I could be finer. I could be finer. Yeah,
1: so. Yes.
0: Horny Frank is back again. So Orny then Frank. we go to. Horny
1: Frank never goes away. He just, he's like the Hulk. He's all, he's always horny. <laughs> uh,
0: we go to Al and Dana, and uh, they're trading off their homework. Uh, Al has like made the best birdhouse I've ever seen. It's like
1: two stories, got a like veranda. It's, it's awesome. Dana
0: has like the book report completed in like a folder. She even spelled some of the words wrong to help Al out, so they believe it. And uh, Brendan comes in and says that he thought that that was cheating if they were going to be switching each other and doing each other's homework. And uh, Dana begins to have some second thoughts about this whole uh, plan that they have.
1: Right. She is she is realizing that she does not want to be a cheater.
0: So Brendan goes into the kitchen. I think Dana takes the book report and goes off with that and uh, leaves. uh, Well, Frank, her when- and al
1: start fighting over the book report like they're like she tries to take it back and al doesn't give it to her so there's like snatching and grabbing and they're they they begin to fight over the book report
0: yeah i think before they start fighting uh yeah. frank goes into the or frank is in the kitchen when brendan comes into the kitchen and uh frank's trying to recruit brendan to work with him at a construction <laughs> site at six years old or however he is right right, right. so yeah back brendan's to- like what
1: did i do wrong oh
0: yeah um, so back to the fighting in the living room. They're pulling at the papers. Frank comes in, uh, and then they kind of separate as he comes in. And JT comes in and tells Frank that, Dad, I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to try this construction thing. And Frank knows um, at this point that it's not right for JT. JT doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want him to make him do something that he doesn't want to do. So we're in that little limbo right now. And then Al comes in. And then Al and Frank talk about the birdhouse and how great it is, and uh, asks uh, Al what size hard hat she needs because he's gonna now recruit Al <laughs> for this job. Because
1: she made an awesome birdhouse.
0: Yeah, um, it's funny too because like he's like giving her suggestions on things she can do, and he's like, no, she's like, no, you kind of want this more minimalist. Like mm-hmm. telling him that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. So final scene, uh, Carol and soon to be horny Frank are on the couch. They're reading magazines or something at night. They discover that all of the kids are gone. They're at the movies. They're at someone else's house. And Carol invites Frank to go watch her take a bath. And then, uh, I guess more horny Carol than horny Frank at this point, but, uh, he quickly becomes horny Frank. And then that's the end of the episode.
1: The whole scene is just them wanting to have sex like that. They, they had like, the this scene at the end just about them having sex. Um, Apart from that, so this the theme of this episode, the broader theme made me think a lot of the family matters episode because it was, you know, Daddy and daughter and that one, and this one ended up being kind of Daddy and daughter at the end. Um, very similar, very similar stories if you if you look at it that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, next up is perfect strangers. I might have the number wrong. I think this is season seven episode four, right?
1: So here's what happened. Here's the best that I can tell is that there was an episode that was supposed to air last week that got postponed as a result of them showing the, the Clarence Thomas hearings, but okay. it didn't get postponed a week. It got shuffled later into the the lineup. So on on Apple, this is episode five. Episode five. But on all the other, like, if you look at other streaming, sir, well, I guess if you look at any of the, like, kind of breakdowns of seasons on Wikipedia or IMDb or anywhere else, this is listed as episode four. Um, okay. So, best guess that I'd come up with is it was supposed to air last week. They postponed it, but instead of pushing it off week, they just shuffled it into later in the okay. season. That makes sense.
0: So, the name of the episode is Weekend at Ferdinand's, and if you're... uh a fan or you're, you know the movie Weekend at Bernie's, that's a complete ripoff of that episode.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And this or was the one that, was, that actually aired this week in 1991.
0: And I had to look it up. Weekend at Bernie's came out July 6th, 1989, so more than two years before this.
1: When did Weekend at Bernie's 2 come out? Uh,
0: I didn't look. I don't know. You want to check it? I'll get it. All right. So uh, the episode starts off at the new house. Uh, Balky announces that King Ferdinand of Meepos is going to be there soon. He's coming for a 1993. visit. 93. Okay. 93. Um, king Ferdinand's going to be leading the uh, livestock liberation parade in Chicago. And uh, they are there to welcome him. Um, Balky is in his uh, costume for greeting the king. Larry refuses to wear the outfit that uh, Balky has set out for him. And uh, they go over the royalty reception, the things that they have to do uh, when the king arrives. And the greeting for, like, when he comes to the door, first the king's going to knock on the door and say, knock, knock. And then who's the there? greeter's going to say, who's there? And then the king's going to say, the king. And then the greeter's going to say, the king who? And then the <laughs> king's going to say, gazuntite. And then they're going to the, laugh. That's the reception.
1: That's it. It's a knock knock joke.
0: Yep, so, and then they just do it again because the king shows up at the door, he knocks, they go through the joke, everyone laughs, and then they welcome in the king Ferdinand and both the king and Balki go into, um, I guess, the welcoming dance, I
1: guess. Yeah, so it starts with Balki laying flat on his stomach in front of the king. The king says, you may speak. Um, And then, yeah, like you said, it goes into like an extended version of the dance of joy with all kinds of other stuff thrown into it.
0: Yeah, and then um, I guess Larry then goes to lay on the ground. I don't know what made him have to do that, but I guess it's part of it as he's, well. He's just
1: greeting, he's greeting the king. He thinks that that's appropriate.
0: I think, isn't Balky behind the king at this point, like telling him what to do, I think? Like he's like, lay on the ground, like do this, do this.
1: I don't think he's telling, I mean, he is behind the king, but I don't think he's telling him what to do. I think Larry just saw Balky do it, and that's why he's doing it.
0: So yeah, Larry's in the ground, the king tells him to rise, and then the king tells Balky that he needs to see a dentist, because he needs to get his crown replaced, and then he's like, oh, that's a king joke.
1: <laughs> Bad joke. Yeah.
0: So, uh, king hugs Larry, Larry then realizes the king has died. Right in Just his right arms, there. the king is dead, Right there. and Balky says, Cousin Larry, you are now the king of Meepos, because apparently... If the king dies and falls into someone's arms, whoever's arms he falls into is the new king of Meepos.
1: And that is now Larry. Good for Larry.
0: Yep. So Larry's going to be king. Um, Balky explains to him how all this takes place. And Larry um, starts to like the idea of becoming king. He's like, oh, I get my face on the money. Oh, I get to tell you what food I want. You're going to go get it for me. Well,
1: yes and no. I'm going to say yes and no. Larry is into this because I think just
0: for a minute, like he quickly changes. But I think, well, he likes
1: the the idea of having his face on the money. The one thing that we also find out here is that they can't move the body until the speaker of the hut arrives, which is he's coming from uh, Meepo's kind of sounds like he's second in command to the king. Um, But but yeah, so Larry doesn't want to be king. Larry's like, I don't want to do this. And to Larry, like you said, Balky tells him about the money situation. He's like, uh, I don't know. And then Balky's like, we got to call Meepos to tell him that you're the new king. And he's like, go get me food. And then we'll, we'll deal with all that in a way to stall so that he can figure out what he wants to do.
0: Yeah, so I might be a little out of order here. But um, I did write down that uh, Larry thinks that the speaker would actually be a good king. Like, I don't know what he knows about him. But he thinks the speaker of the hut would make well, a great king. And that's the idea that he has now.
1: Really, all he knows, Baoki told him that he's been kind of jockeying for the position for a while now, and he's generally a good guy.
0: So Baoki goes off to get the like chocolate-covered goat parts for Larry. That that was his request. And then he gets back, and now we see Larry sitting on the couch, uh, weak into Bernie style, with the dead king next to him. He's got a fishing line tied around one hand of the king, a fishing line tied to one of his own hands so he can like control the king's arms and hands and movements and make it look like he's alive during this whole part. Yeah. So, um, Balky tells Larry, look, Larry, you have to be king. I mean, that's just the rules. That's how it's going to work. And Larry tells Balky, well, if I'm going to be king, the first thing I'm going to do as king is turn the island of Meepos into a radioactive toxic waste dump. And quickly, Balky's like, Oh no! This is not a good idea. You're not going to be king. So we need to go with this plan. We need to get the speaker of the hut to be a ki- to be the king when he comes over. And The only way to do that is to make him think that the king died and fell into his arms, and that's the only way we're going to make him the king.
1: Right. And the entire time, Larry is standing on Balky as Balky <laughs> is laying on the floor while he tells him this idea and convinces him it's it's what they need to do.
0: So after this scene, we jump right to this party. It's the party. It's the party. It's the party. Um. everyone's gonna be there I don't I didn't I, aren't Lydia's there I think
1: so Lydia's there Gorpley's in the background although we never really hear or see him much but he's he's mingling around too and then a bunch of people we don't know yeah. I don't even know were Marianne and Jennifer even there I, I didn't see, see him no I don't think they were there
0: so uh, they're there with the uh, dead king on the couch weakened to Bernie style and uh, pretending that he's alive like moving his arm and stuff and then the speaker of the hut arrives Um. so he comes in Lydia sits down uh with Larry and the king and like Lydia thinks the king's trying to touch her butt or something like everywhere that I think
1: she is I think she is trying to flirt, flirt kind of. with the king yeah yeah yeah
0: but everywhere that Larry like unintentionally moves his hand is just happens to be where Lydia's butt is and it, it's yeah it's kind of funny, funny. um so then the speaker and Balky talk speaker tells Balky. Uh, did well, we talk
1: about the speaker in the wife's name? The speaker's name is Walkie Talkie and his wife's name is Chatty Cathy, but they call her Cookie.
0: No, we did not talk about that.
1: That's I thought that was funny. So Walkie Talkie is the speaker. Chatty Cathy is his wife, although she goes by Cookie. That's all I got.
0: Um, We find out from the speaker that there was an issue back before the king left. And now the king and the speaker are not talking to each other. Yeah, this it was is,
1: something It was something dumb, too. It was, oh, I'm going to forget, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, so that's where we're going to get to the oh, dilemma God. this episode, though, is, like, these two guys aren't talking, but somehow they need them to talk to them. That way they can drop the king into the speaker's arms so he can become the king and not Larry.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So, um, what did I write here? He tells Balky that they can't just drag him over. Oh, yeah, Larry's telling Balky
1: yeah what they decide is they the the, the they need speaker to in the hut the, is not they need gonna to bring come the, the king, king to the speaker right but they have to make him look like he's alive they can't just like drag him and toss him they have to kind of like parade him around the room in a way that makes him look like he is still alive
0: so they they've picked him up he's like they're like trying to make him like dance through the room aren't they and then like eventually yep. um they get over to where the speaker is and uh they try to make the king fall into the speaker's arms but the speaker ends up moving and he falls into the arms of his wife cookie so now not quite
1: yet I so okay. that there's a, so what happens basically is that balky starts talking to the to the speaker of the hut facing away from the king larry comes around the back with the king in his hands so then balky has the king turn around or excuse me the speaker turn around real quick and and larry's going to try to basically throw him into his arms but the speaker moves away and the king falls on the ground. And so they pick the king back up, they bring him around to the the couch. The wife, Cookie, is now sitting on the couch. they try to do basically the same thing again by like throwing him into the speaker's arms. Speaker moves this time and now the king falls into Cookie's arms and Cookie is dubbed Queen of Meepos.
0: The king is dead, long live Queen Cookie.
1: Queen Cookie.
0: So that's kind of the end of the party. We didn't skip uh, some time later. It's got to be, I mean, days, weeks, I don't know. But uh, Balky is uh, getting the mail, and he received a letter from his mom saying that uh, since the queen, queen Cookie has taken over, everything has just been party, party, party. Party, out party, party. The post. They've had tractor pulls and demolition derbies. And uh, I couldn't tell if she likes the way that it's been now, if like if she's being a good queen or not. But uh, I don't know. I like it. Uh yeah, sure. Um, so she also what did she sent pics of king oh, photos, right?
1: But yeah, she said she also included photos of um I don't remember which exactly she called The king's send off is what she called yes, it. Yes, the king's send off, which is the king being put into a catapult and launched into the sky and wherever he lands where they bury him, whether it be you know if it's in the ocean, he's in the ocean. If it's on land, they bury his body. And evidently he has excellent form for a dead a dead king.
0: Yep, and that's the end of the episode. That's it. So final episode this week, uh, baby talk. We're still at it. Uh, Season two, episode four. The name of the episode is Maggie's Personal Birthday. And uh, we do get another one of those little baby intros with. uh, What a
1: stupid name for an episode. I'm just I've been trying to figure this out since I watched it. And like, it's just a bad name for an episode.
0: Yeah. I mean, personal ads and it is her birthday.
1: I I don't know. I don't like it.
0: All right, so we do get another baby intro. Mickey's talking to some blonde hair baby about going to Boca Raton. and uh, Retire,
1: Retiring to Boca Raton.
0: And he's like, oh, we got the money from uh, my piggy bank, and selling that hat of yours is going to be no problem. <laughs> that's the end of that. That's, that's that. So theme song, we come back to uh, Maggie doing some work, uh, some accounting stuff. James comes over, and this is where we find out that today is Maggie's birthday. Uh, James is going to be babysitting Mickey, um, tonight at 7pm so Maggie can go out and uh, see a movie with one of her friends, right?
1: Yep, yeah, so, yes, the plan is to go to a movie with Barbara.
0: And he's like, oh, crazy night, huh? And then uh, we go back a little later, Probably this is probably around 7 o'clock, uh, they're finishing dinner Maggie's feeding Mickey and uh, James comes over, he brought Maggie a rose for her birthday, which she does like um, uh, and then the phone rings and it is Anita and she called to try to find James she has a leak in her sink and she needs him immediately, so James goes out. He says, "Do you think
1: leaky sink is the only thing that the writers of this show think <laughs> ever happens in an apartment? Yeah. Like that's the only thing that's ever wrong?" Anita's. I mean, obviously, we're gonna find out that that might not be the case in a minute, but that's the only thing that ever, they ever say is wrong with her apartment is that she has a leaky sink. Maybe
0: that's the ongoing joke that it's just that okay. like all the time. All I right. don't know. But uh, James is like, "Hey, I gotta run down and go get my tools. Let me go do that. You uh, take Mickey over to Anita's, and then uh, I'll just watch him over there while I'm fixing the sink." So. All this is happening. She goes to jo- drop off Mickey, but when she gets inside, surprise! It's a surprise <laughs> party, and uh, everyone was, is over there. All of her friends, James, Anita, everyone's ready to uh, have a good old surprise party
1: for her. Couldn't invite Dr. Fleischer. Couldn't, couldn't oh, yeah. invite Susan from work. It seemed,
0: no, no George Clooney.
1: No George Clooney or any of the other guys I from... Know. Yeah. I don't know about friends.
0: So, um she kind of goes right into opening presents, but then is also opening presents like the entire party, like from right now until they skip ahead to a later part in the party. And she's still opening presents somehow from like seven people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it really it bothered me. It didn't bother me as well. Nothing. That's my least concern. So
0: they start skipping, they start opening presents. They then skip ahead towards the end of the party. Anita is now putting Danielle to bed Maggie is still opening gifts. Um, James says he's going to go take Mickey to bed, goes over to her apartment. And then Maggie's mom gives uh, Maggie the final gift of the uh, birthday party, which is what she thought was something from Bloomingdale's. But then she opens it and it is a stack of letters from all of the guys who have responded to the personal ad that Maggie's mom put out for her.
1: Which, of course, reminds you of of new attitude. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah um so yeah she's not really excited about this maggie because she didn't really want a personal ad out but uh we go with it and uh maggie goes back to her apartment uh with which one of her friends is this is this barbara or
1: i don't know i the only name that i remember is barbara but i'm not sure if this was barbara or or a different one I, i don't think we're gonna see many of these friends okay if any ever again
0: so is this the one that was hitting on james like a few episodes ago or no
1: no, no, that was Susan. That's the woman that she works with at the law firm. And this the, is not, this is not Susan. Is, she she wasn't even at the party, so someone dropped the ball on that invite. But
0: <sighs> all right, yeah. So yeah, Maggie and we're gonna say Barbara go back over to her apartment. Maggie goes to check on Mickey, and then James and Barbara start looking at some of these like letters and responses. And James does not like it. He says <laughs> no, he's not into it. Yeah, he um, doesn't jealous. want her going on a date with a stranger, and he, he says that uh, Maggie's too uptight to respond to them anyways. And then Barbara goes all for it and just starts dialing the phone numbers of one of these guys, hands the phone to Maggie. Uh, it turns out to be a bad one right away. I don't remember what he said, but.
1: He was, like, asking for her measurements and, oh, yeah. like, wanted. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, he was just being, like, a dude.
0: So he, she hangs up on him, and then she calls another one. Uh, this time it's Bert, and uh, they pretty quickly agree that they're going to meet up for dinner tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, he's nice. He, she likes him. It seems like everything's going to be going well.
0: So jump to the next day. Uh, James comes over. He reminds Maggie that uh, he doesn't like her dating a stranger and suggests maybe that he take her out sometimes, and uh, she tells him that he she's not quite that desperate yet.
1: She will be soon, I'm sure. It's
0: it's coming, for sure. It's coming. Uh, so then we go Why to Maggie. Have been
1: George Clooney? Man, I'd rather have been George Clooney. <laughs> uh,
0: we then go to Maggie arriving at this restaurant. Um, she meets Bert there pretty quickly. Um, and they're, I mean, they're starting to get along. They're sitting at dinner. The, yeah, they're going, well. going well well. Uh, and then we see James and Mickey through the window. They are there to spy on Maggie to make sure I don't know if the date's going well or more that they just want to James just wants to know what's going on kind of thing. James is
1: jealous. <clears throat> James is jealous. He's just there to like keep an eye on things, see where it goes. James is jealous. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. And the date continues to seem like it's going well until they get to a part where um, I guess Mickey makes some noise behind them.
1: Mickey throws a spoon? a spoon at the waiter. It causes like all this commotion, drop plates, blah, blah, blah. And um, and and Maggie says, oh, "I think it was that she sees James and Mickey at this point and realizes that it was Mickey who did this." And Bert says something like,
0: "There's babies and pets should never be in a restaurant." Yeah, is what he says. Ba- yeah, exactly. And that upsets her. She's disgusted now. She.
1: Um, well, he oh, doesn't just say that. He also he say, he goes on like a bit of a tirade on how much he hates babies and just thinks that they're the worst.
0: Yeah. Um, she tells Bert to get out of there. Um, she's done with this date. He leaves. Uh, And now Maggie goes over to James, who she's a little mad at because uh, she doesn't know why he came there to do all this. But uh, they do decide that they're going to take all the food and go back to the apartment.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So that's where we're at now. We're back at the apartment. James and Maggie are eating the takeout Chinese and talking about the date. Um, I put James leaves again.
1: So they, they, as they're kind of wrapping things up, like they both talk about how much they appreciate each other and, and care about kind of each other. And it's like this kind of, there's like this tension there. And then James leaves and comes back in and says, Hey, did you feel that tension? And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. Let's not, let's not do, let's not do that. And so he leaves and he comes back and he says, are you sure? Blah, blah, blah. So he does that like two or three times before he finally leaves.
0: Um, And then. He and said-
1: then. So, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I wasn't gonna say he says anything. I was gonna go to the next part where Mickey or Maggie goes into Mickey's room. So okay, sure. So uh, yeah. So so yeah. So so Maggie goes into Mickey's room and and you know puts him to sleep. She says, you know, I haven't found the right man. I haven't found the new dad for you yet, but I'm narrowing it narrowing it down. And then we hear the phone ring.
0: Yeah, and narrowing it down makes you think that she's like really starting to think about James being a serious contender at this point. Because yeah, who else you could definitely narrow it down too? There's no one else.
1: Well, you could take it two ways in the sense that she has marked people off the list, okay, sure, or or that or that she is moving James up the list,
0: yeah. and then the phone rings. It's uh, Maggie's mom. She tells her that uh, the date was great. Um, <laughs> she even brought him home, and he's in bed right now, just talking about Mickey.
1: Talking about Mickey, but mom doesn't know that. Mom thinks that she's got a dude.
0: Yep. So they say goodnight on the phone, and that's the end of the episode. We do get some uh, credits again with uh, Mickey and that baby that wants to go to Boca Raton, but uh, that's it.
1: Yep. That's that's the episode. So, uh,
0: yeah. You want to rank these
1: this week? Uh, Sure. It's tough for me this week. They weren't
0: great. It wasn't the best week ever.
1: No, that's why it's tough. This is kind of the opposite problem that we normally have, I feel like. All right. Um, I'll go first if you want. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead.
0: Baby Talk at four uh cool oh, they are so bad yeah. uh three i'll go family matters two perfect strangers one step by step
1: so i'm cool i'm similar i i have babies baby talk at four i was gonna put um perfect strangers at three and i almost and, did yeah and family matters at two because i i'll tell you what The whole Urkel thing ruined the episode for me. If they had left that all out and just had kind of the story with Laura and Mike and kind of fleshed that out a little bit more, maybe a little bit more Eddie in there. I I think it would have been a great episode. I think that like pigeonholing Urkel in there kind of ruined it. So I'm going to put that at two um, and then step-by-step at one. Step-by-step was fine. It was a perfectly fine episode. Um, nothing special either yeah movie. i don't know
0: how i would have felt about perfect strangers if i watched it two years after weekend with bernie's came out but it just was such a ripoff i mean obviously they've even well, named it named intended an to be it
1: of, it was an intended homage to, to be it, right? a ripoff but who cares like that's the that's the like where we're that's the pop culture reference you're pulling two years after the movie came out yeah, that like yeah. like i get it but who cares you know what i mean it just wasn't didn't do it for me
0: all right, so what do we got uh, next week? Full week, all new
1: episodes? Yeah. So next week is a full week. Uh, let me get over to my list here. Um, so Family Matters, season three, episode six. Step by step, season one, episode six. Perfect Stranger, season seven, episode five. Baby Talk, season two, episode five. I did want to mention because we talked about it a little bit last week, but there's been some shifts in like where you can find some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so. Family Matters and Step-by-Step are no longer on Hulu, but you can find them on HBO Max and any of the other like paid streaming services. Perfect Strangers, we have not been able to find it on any of the like subscription or free services. So I have my
0: theory for that.
1: You think it's going to come? I think so.
0: So HBO Max is going to do a reboot of Perfect Strangers. And I think they're going to release them both at the same time or release the original one right before the reboot comes out to kind of promote it.
1: Makes sense. Totally makes sense. In the meantime, I know I've, I've, bought it off of Apple TV so you can watch it on Apple TV. You can also purchase it on Amazon Prime, you know, buy the seasons kind of thing. So th- there's ways to watch it if you if you don't Does it come on uh, like TBS
0: at 6:30 in the morning or anything? You know,
1: I don't know. I have no idea if it's on reruns anywhere. Um it would but kind
0: of, it would probably be hard to find the exact episode even if reruns. And that reruns.
1: would be tough. Um but just so you all are aware, the other two HBO, um HBO Max, you can find Family Matters in 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 step-by-step step. and yeah. then perfect strangers. You know, if you want to watch it, keep up with us. You're going to have to buy it, unfortunately for now, but hopefully it'll be back on something soon.
0: Yeah. And if you want to watch baby talk, uh, sorry, G-
1: get a Canadian VPN and have fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks again to Mikey Ruckus for the theme song this week. Yeah. Mikey
1: congrats again
0: on the number one, man.
1: Um, you, make sure you're
0: following hey, us. all also, I just want to say
1: this Metallica never got on number one in the U S chart. So you're better than Metallica, Mikey Ruckus.
0: It actually knocked Metallica down from one to two on the iTunes charts.
1: I was just—I meant like Inner Sandman. Well, so you're better. No, than Inner no, Inner
0: Sandman. Sandman was number one on the iTunes metal charts, and this knocked it down to two. Like completely <laughs> oh, <okay>. honest.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yes, yo, no, hundred percent. Yes, I am. Why would Me- Inner Sandman be number one on any chart right now?
0: It's just whatever's purchased the most for that week or whatever.
1: And it's Inner Sandman.
0: Inner, like there's like three or four Metallica songs in the top ten on uh, on iTunes, like all the
1: just just all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah good for you mikey even even more so
0: uh follow us on all social media at tgifcast send us an email with your own theme song or whatever you want to send us tgifcast but only
1: if you've knocked metallica off of a chart position at some point in your career
0: tgifcast at gmail.com and i uh, go to youtube subscribe just search for us two guys into fridays
1: that's us all
0: right man anything else dude nope that's it all right bud have a good week you got it dude